Broadcasting live from the Wellness Wonderland, you're listening to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I'm Katie, and each week I chat with the most inspirational people on the planet on how to stay inspired in all areas of life. As you listen, feel free to tweet at me, at Katie Dalebout, or use the hashtag Wellness Wonderland. I'd love to hear your aha moments. So grab your headphones and listen on the go, or cuddle up with a notebook as we dive in deep with authentic conversations right here in Wonderland. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to be here. This is an amazing episode. I have an Australian awesome person who is also a podcast host who you will hear about in just a moment. However, I'm going to just give you a couple updates, a couple announcements, and the first one is super exciting. Wait for it. Drum roll, please. Big announcement. There is now a place for you to connect with me and your fellow listeners of the Wellness Wonderland Radio, and it is called the Wellness Wonderland Radio Listener Crew Facebook Experience. (laughs) Actually, it's just a Facebook group. However, it's amazing, and there's already like a hundred of you, us, in there building community, talking about the episodes, talking about our favorite episodes, pulling out quotes discussing, meeting each other. There, You guys were even like planning a meetup in the cities that you lived in, which I loved, and that's exactly what I wanted in this. You know, just like I say in that funny little outro, so we can all hang out there and talk about how inspired we really are, right? And how we're going to apply it in our daily lives. You guys, hopefully you know that little intro, and if you're new, you will very, very soon. But anyways, I'm just so happy that we have a Facebook group now. So if you haven't joined it, I put the link in the show notes as well if you're listening on your phone, which you probably are. If you just click on the album art, it'll take you to the show notes right there and you can just click on that live link and you can join the Facebook group that way. Or if you need the the link to it or you have a question about anything at all, as always, just shoot me an email. My email is just my name at gmail.com, katydalebow at gmail.com. You can figure out how to spell it. Um... But yeah, I love you guys. I'm so psyched about the Facebook group, so definitely join that. Other announcement is join my email list. If you haven't joined my email list yet, the link will also be live there when you just click on the album art or in the show notes. But just make sure you're on my email list to keep in touch for updates. As you know, the show is coming out monthly-ish, kind of bi-monthly right now. It's just completely sporadic lately, and that's why I really want you to be on my email list or subscribe on iTunes just so you know when the most recent episode is. Instead of going on a break for a season, I decided to just keep it up here and there throughout the summer, but it will be coming back hopefully pretty soon to be more consistent. But it comes out on Wednesdays, and you can count on me that there's so many new amazing episodes coming to you. Like, you guys, you don't even know the cool people I've already interviewed and I have set up to interview like so many. It's amazing. I cannot wait for you to hear them. I just can't produce them that fast and I'm going to actually need to get some help. So yeah, so lots lots of cool stuff coming. That brings me to my next point actually since I'm getting some help. Um, it would be really great if you could support the show in some way and I'm going to give you a couple options here. <laughs> so option number one please share it with a friend. That is so helpful. It's more than you know helpful. It's just beyond helpful. So if you like the show and you have a feeling that someone you know might like the show, just share it with them. All right, that's option one. Option two, leave a review. I know I've said it a billion times. I know every other podcast host that you probably listen to also tells you to leave a review. 
and you're probably just like tuning this out right now and waiting for the episode to start, I do that sometimes too. But I also leave reviews because I know they're so important and they mean so much to me. So I go and do it for other people. But yeah, it would just be really awesome. And, you know, maybe tell a friend to leave a review or just it would be super cool to leave a review. Really, really cool of you. Next thing you can do to support the show, and this is a really cool thing. Um, I the, the show, this show is sponsored today by an affiliate for audible.com only because I love Audible. Like, I, if you listen to podcasts or if you drive places or if you go on lots of walks and you like to put something other than music or podcasts in your ears and you want to maybe listen to a book, or if you're like me, I'm an auditory learner and it just works better. I like to, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes I don't even have like the energy to read and I like to just close my eyes and be in the dark. So I like to have bedtime stories read to me as a full-fledged adult so audible.com is your nightly bedtime reader basically and I don't know it's it's really my favorite way to read books especially fiction because they have really awesome people do really cool voices and I read a lot of nonfiction, listen to a lot of nonfiction too but you know read whatever strikes your fancy I'll tell you guys um what I'm reading right now or listening to right now If you want to know, um, I will tell you. But first, let me tell you this. If you do want to try Audible and you haven't before, go to my link because they throw the podcast a couple of pennies, which will help me be able to get someone to help me to produce it and get it back to weekly. So if you haven't listened to Audible and you're thinking about it, go to www.audibletrial.com slash wellness wonderland that's audibletrial.com slash wellness wonderland Ooh, i kind of sound like an advertisement but anyways if you feel like it try it out if not that's totally cool but let me tell you what i'm listening to right now you guys so it is a fiction book and it's called the royal we and um i'm really loving it it's a loot it's like if it's completely fiction like I said but it is based on William and Kate very very loosely as if Kate had been an American exchange student named Bex and Will was named Nick that's kind of what it is but it's awesome and it's funny and I'm really enjoying it um the voice is the voice the person who does all the voices is really awesome so if you like to listen to books that would be a great one I've also listened to a ton of nonfiction, a ton of um memoirs and I really like listening to memoirs on there I've mentioned this before in some of my favorite videos favorites videos but Lena Dunham reads her memoir Mindy Kaling reads her memoir um Elizabeth Gilbert read both Eat Pray Love and Committed which I loved um so anyway so just something to consider audibletrial.com slash wellness wonderland throws a couple of pennies our way really my way (laughs) um but but yeah that would be way cool um yeah okay if you have any questions shoot me an email enjoy the show leave a review and join the facebook group and be sure you're on my email list that was a mouthful it's a lot of announcements but i love you guys i think you're awesome i have so many cool things coming up for you um I was going to keep this as a surprise, but I'm getting a whole new website. So how cool is that? I've got a new website. i got a new book coming out. You guys already know the date, but I don't know. Mark your calendar. Um, April 5th, 2016. Cannot wait. I'm in the editing process right now. I'm enjoying the summer, and I hope you are too. And I will talk to you guys really soon in the episode with Lucy. Enjoy. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Wonderland Radio. I am so excited to start recording now because I've been chatting (laughs) with Lucy, who is the publisher of the blog Something to Move. She's down under in Australia, and she is the host of the amazing podcast, The Brave Exchange, which you should all go listen to after this episode or pause this episode and go listen to an episode. It's so good. And we connected over cyberspace, and I'm so excited to have, as she calls it, honest chat. (laughs) And I can't get the accent right. We'll have to make you say it because it's so (laughs) cute when you say it. But anyway, she's a yoga teacher, spiritual seeker, self-studier, and she often jokes that, you know, she feels like she's in grad school for self-study, and I feel the same way. So we've been kind of comparing notes here before the podcast, and even though she's a million miles away in Australia, we can connect over so many shared interests and beliefs and fascinations. So I'm so excited to just have an authentic, real conversation and get to know her more live on the air with you guys. So thanks for being here, Lucy. You're so welcome and you're so beautiful. Thank you. What a nice introduction to the wellness. This is going to be a blast. It's going to be so much fun. fun. Um, So you host this really groovy podcast and you have quite the story, which, you know, you told on your podcast and we don't have to, you know, get into the nitty gritty because people can go and listen to that on your podcast, but I would love to hear just a little bit about the trajectory, which I don't think I've heard you share at least, about when you wanted to um, take, you know, you can tell some of your story too that's obviously relevant here, take what you've been learning and put it into a podcast form as the medium you wanted to use to to tell the story. Mm, Sure, sure. Good question. Um, so it might be helpful. I will share just a little bit of yeah, uh, totally. background and context. Yeah, and then I'll kind of build my way up to yeah. No, I, to, I like hearing the brave it. exchange. I like hearing it. I just always think that like so, you know this from interviewing people that like sometimes stories can have so many like twists and turns that it can end up which I love, but it can end up being like you know the whole hour, which is good too. But I just have so much I want to talk to you about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. I'll try and keep it to the skinny version of of how I got here. (laughs) So, yeah, so I guess what I was doing before um, I'm doing what I do now, like you said, I have the the podcast, The Brave Exchange, and I coach people and I'm a yoga teacher and I host host workshops and things like that. Um, I feel like at the moment my life is is beautifully aligned. And yes, it's still kind of messy and uncertain in a lot of aspects, but I do feel this, um, this comforting sense that I'm, I'm doing what I feel called to do at the moment. So that's beautiful, but it, it certainly has not always been this way. In fact, the, the thing that kind of brought me into this work is a scenario that was vastly different. So I was in the world of PR for, um, probably, what was it, like three and a half years. And the way I got into that industry in PR was basically how I'd kind of made all of my decisions and to that point in in my life, which was kind of just listening to what other people thought was going to be really great for me and then just obliging. Mm -hmm. So I was at school, I was really into drama and my drama teacher, who I love, Miss Duncan, she was a total ball breaker, but she was like those tough love ladies. So I really, I really liked her and I was really drawn to her. And I was at a um, parent teacher interview with, with my mom and Miss Duncan and me. And she said, Lucy, if you're not going to pursue acting, which I highly recommend that you do, then you should do PR. Like, I think you should be in an industry that 
allows you to kind of use and tap into some of your your strengths and be seen and reuse your voice which is completely ironic considering how my story kind of unravels because my one of the main things I help people do now which is something that I've struggled with enormously is finding my voice so at that point in time she it's almost like she was projecting into the future of like just planting that seed about um about using your voice but it's kind of yeah I'll I'll fill in between then and and now and the struggles that I went through and the resistances as well so yeah I was like cool I'm gonna go and do PR so I did that I went to Sydney was in the PR world and I suppose that's when everything really started to unravel for me I I kind of I, I sort of realized that my voice was not going to be best used to represent someone else. Like I wasn't going to be able to just be the mouthpiece for some organization for the rest of my life. Um, and in, I kind of had this sense that actually I had a message uh, that I actually wanted to share on my own right. I didn't really know what that was, but it was just this this kind of deep niggling sense of dissatisfaction with what I was doing and a sense of being really incongruent and out of alignment. So I kind of didn't know how to deal with that at the time. I, I was like, I thought everyone was just miserable in the work that they, they did to some, to varying extents. But I was like, this is my life. Work is hard. The, my colleagues don't love what they're doing and neither do I. So whatever, just sit down and, and grin and bear it in a sense. Um, so that kind of went on for a little while and I began to self-medicate for all these things that were going on inside of me, which I didn't have any idea, like I said, how to deal with. So I began to party quite hard, which was the culture of PR and in the organization at the time, you work really hard, you party really hard. So taking drugs and, you know, drinking a lot and just partying and anything I could do, shopping all these things to numb myself out and distract myself from the truth that, you know, the way that I'd gotten to this point in my life, which was just listening to what everybody else thought was good for me, uh, had not, had not really worked out. And the idea that if you just work really hard at something, then you're going to meet, reach some point of success. It was proving to be wildly untrue for me. So I kind of spiraled into this really deep depression and, anxiety. And that is, that's really when I started to, um, really kind of the vehicle for me to pursue this or or start this idea of self discovery and looking inwards and being like, okay, what is going on here? Cause it got to such a point that I, I couldn't put it off any longer. I couldn't ignore, um, how upset I was in, in that aspect of my life, in my career. And when it gets to such a point, you can't ignore it anymore. There's, there's no amount of partying or, um, distraction that can, can hide, yourself from the truth. So yeah. And then I found yoga and started to inquire within like, Lucy, what is it that you really want to be doing in your life? And, you know, what is it that you want to say and what do you want to stand for? And I didn't have any of the answers until at that point, but I just knew that what I was doing at the moment was not right. Um, and so it was like, one very raw and vulnerable night, I was sort of lying on my, um, my bedroom floor and just crying. And I just kind of rocking myself there crying. And, and I kind of made a decision at that point that I didn't know exactly what would come next, but the worst possible thing that could happen at this point was that nothing would change. 
And when stuff gets that bad, when the worst thing that, that happens is that things will stay the same, then you get up and you move. And this innate inner strength and this inert strength within you just erupts in that moment. And I kind of pulled myself out of it. There was, there was kind of lots of steps I, I took to, to get myself out of, out of that. But anyway, so then I decided to leave PR and, and I had no idea at this point what I was going to do next. I went over to Cambodia and did some volunteering, which is something that I would felt called to do for a really long time. So I did that. And then I went and did a yoga retreat in Bali. And then I came home and I actually worked on my parents' farm for about five months because I actually had no idea what I was going to do. The yoga thing was calling me. Um, but apart from that, that was it. And then so I ended up enrolling in yoga teacher training. And this is really when my path started to make some kind of sense. And I felt really called to to move into this inner work myself in a deeper level through the yoga and then also start to teach that um, and to guide other people through that as well. I also at the time loved podcasts because when you're starting out, you don't often have the people in your life who share similar interests to you. And so, yeah. And so the people that I was resonating with the most were people that I was listening to their podcast shows and the, the fascinating guests that they had on. And so I became like this podcast junkie in a sense. And I I really connected with it and having these open conversations about how people had overcome their own inner doubts, fears and resistance to get to where they were and how they'd really found their own voice in the world and what they wanted to do and share. And so I was just completely um, obsessed with this, with this podcast world that I hadn't previously had any exposure to. And then, so the, the seed kind of just was planted there. And over time, I just became more and more convinced that, Hey, I have a story. I believe everyone has a novel inside of them. And I want to get people on my own show and talk about how they've, how they've been able to do this for themselves, how they've reached a level of inner and outer success in their life and just have honest chat I <laughs> love it. My favorite phrase. <laughs> yeah. Um, with them. And so it took, it was a slow burner. It took a long time to come into fruition because as you know, Katie, it's uh, the, just the, the nuts and bolts of getting a podcast off the ground. Sure it takes a little bit longer than you think it will yeah. and all the technology stuff too. Not that that should stop anyone listening who has the desire to start a podcast, but yeah, so it took a little bit longer to get it off the ground than I'd expected. But alas, it did come into fruition as the Brave Exchange about six months after the initial seed was planted. And, and yeah, that's one of my favorite mediums now to, to share my voice, my, my reconnected to more authentic voice and, and share the stories of other people too, which I absolutely love doing. Mm, that's such a great story. So what were some of the podcasts that inspired you early on when you... Mm. The ones that I was listening to? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So uh, one of them, my, my the very first one that I came across was, it's called The Wellness Guys. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Yeah. And um, and I loved it too. I feel like it was like, I, actually he talked about this on your podcast, um, which you can talk about in a second, how um, the founder I think was, was on like your first episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Lawrence Tan. Which is mm-hmm. so cool. And he's like such a cool dude, but... Um, but I feel like that was one of the first ever podcasts like that I even knew of that existed. 
The wellness guys? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I randomly been around... like found it and I was like, yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah. They're so good. It's uh, yeah, cause it's, it's a nice blend of uh, health and nutrition, wellness, mindset, and, and kind of exercise. So it was a very accessible um, podcast, I think, to, to kind of arrive at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was, there's three guys just chatting. They're really funny um, Australian, although Lawrence is Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. Yeah. So yeah, I love that. And then I guess uh, other podcasts, have you uh, heard of The Unmistakable Creative? Yes. Yeah. Mm, yeah, so I fell in love with that podcast as well, which has been around for a long time. Fascinating uh, story stories that come out of that podcast. So loved that. And then I think there was just different entrepreneurial type podcasts as well that I became really interested in in the beginning. I had a ton, so yeah. many. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny how we just like I I always say this too. You know, like I really like. I'm an auditory learner, so I really like Audible and like listening to books, and I like, um, you know, learning in this way. That's why I listen to so many podcasts, and I like listening to books. I like conversation, you know, and I think conversation's like a really lost art to have these long form conversations because I think in videos, like we're asking people for their undivided attention to like sit and watch something, even though mm-hmm. people, you know, are probably like have twelve tabs open on their computer screen while they're and they're like eating and like, you know, walking <laughs> all at the same time or something. But yep. I think with video, like it's more like you have to put it all into these like nice little sound bites. Um Whereas with audio, it was, it's something that, like, you, it doesn't have to be so polished and professional. Even just right now, like, we're, we're not – I don't have to make a script for this. I don't have to prepare anything for this. Like, especially when I'm inter- – well, I only interview people I'm really into and, like, I would want to follow their work anyways. Mm. Um, and there's no preparation necessary, you know. I just – like, I know exactly what I want to ask you – because it's going to come to me, you know, and mm-hmm. because I am a connoisseur of your work and like, you know, I've had people, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but like at the beginning, I, um, not at the beginning, but after a while I had a, a bunch of people start to come to me and be like, Hey, can I come on your show? Like I have this book coming out. Can I promote this book on your show? Can I come on your show? And at first, like I just thought it was really cool that they, like, knew about my show, that, like, anyone was listening. So I was like, yes, (laughs) um, of course, you know. And I started to, like, interview them. And I was like, wait, like, I'm not even into this. And I didn't air those because I look Mm -hmm. at myself as a curator for my audience. And they're not going to trust me if I have someone on that, like, I'm not even into. And I don't even, you know – think that I don't not that I, I did I respected these people but they I wasn't a fangirl of these people so I yes. find that like I will only have people on my show that I'm a legit fangirl of you know I'm knowledgeable of their work I would go to their website anyways not to like sit and prepare for a podcast and I see that for sure you hold your guests to the level that standard that you hold high and like I even if it's someone I don't know like a name I see on um, iTunes that I have Mm -hmm. no idea who it is I'll listen to it because Lucy picked them so they must be cool and I hope that's the way people feel about my podcast you know even if it's a name that they might not know um, 
they'll trust me enough because I'm sure there's pod- – I've had so many that I'm sure there's, like, episodes people like better than other episodes just because we all have different tastes. And, and I, mm-hmm. to be honest, have episodes of my podcast that I like better than, than different ones. But, um, but they'll trust me that, like, even if it's a name they don't know, it's going to be a caliber that's, like, in line with the other – podcasts and um you know I found so many people I had no idea who they were from listening to your podcast and that I'm like obsessed with now um <laughs> Lisa Messenger is like the main one oh though. yeah isn't she brilliant oh she's, my god Lisa. yeah she's so lovely oh, that episode was so good and then I oh, thank and you. then I then became obsessed with her like I cyber stalked her <laughs> like crazy and that like everything everyone has to go listen to that episode we'll put it in the show notes but um basically Lisa Messenger is the and Lucy you can talk about this but she's the editor-in-chief of um the collective hub and she's mm-hmm. so cool and you just did an amazing job interviewing her and I just was really struck by how real she was and how just like down to earth and like casual and cool and and everyone on your podcast every guest you have on the podcast is that way with you because it's the energy that you come to as the host and Mm. um and you know it's just something that I learn from and think is really awesome and and your your guests are really diverse as well yeah thank you so much that's so that's so lovely of you to say and I feel the exact same way about the wellness wonderland absolutely but uh, you're right particularly about the thing about when you're interviewing someone and it's almost like you realize there's a point in the interview you realize this ain't gonna fly with my audience yeah. and I've done that too there are some interviews that I haven't aired yeah. for that exact reason because it's not I can't stand by that piece of work and that conversation and be like, this is authentically me yeah. and this is something that I want to share with you guys. Because yeah. similar to the standard that you have, and I hear you talk to your audience about this all the time, that you kind of pledge to them that I will always show up to be authentically me, the, mm. the messy, the ugly, the great, the energized in, in all the different um, forms that, that authentically me takes on any give, yeah. given day you pledge to show up and be that. And you're right, some of the interviews just don't feel that way. As much as you you try and hold space um, for someone to to share their story and, you know, to be really honest because that's a, that's a skill in itself that you learn when you start podcasting is to really help people to um, move away from like the scripts that they have because you know how a yeah. lot of people have certain scripts for how they tell their story yeah. and the different key messages and you hear them dropped in again and again and again. And for me, I'm like, people can just jump, jump onto their website and see that. We right. don't want to hear about that. We want to hear about the stuff that comes to them on the fly and that talks to the whole thing about that's the beauty of a podcast is that the long form interviews give us the opportunity to go and and meander in different pockets of experiences and tell different stories that otherwise we we wouldn't really tell because they might not fit that perfectly polished soundbite that we'd give on like a five minute video blog or something. So I couldn't agree more. Well said. That's exactly how I feel. And I was I was doing a webinar with a friend um, a couple of weeks ago, and I think she may have asked me, like, my favorite thing to do, and I, I said interviewing, and um, and I didn't just mean, like, interviewing like I'm doing right now with you. I meant, like, mm. listening to interview, like, interviews, period. Yes. Because 
I Me love too. listening to interviews and like that's all I do in my free time. Like I'm constantly on YouTube or iTunes or whatever. And, you know, I kind of even use the podcast as like an excuse for me to immerse myself in a person before they come mm-hmm. on my show. And I'll literally like if I know someone's coming on my show, I'll I'll type their name into the podcast app or in YouTube and I'll listen to every single interview they've ever done. And I'll <laughs> and and so I'll hear I'll like pretty much have their story memorized. Um, which you would think would make interviewing them more boring, but by me knowing their story so completely, just kind of like I said to you at the beginning of this call, like, you know, I know your story and I want to hear like the new things. I want to talk about things that like aren't in the professional bio. Like that's why me knowing their story so well is really helpful because then it allows us to go into these, like you said, these like unexplored pockets and, you know, listening to like a keynote lecture is great and really fun. And I listen to those too, but there's something about interviews where like, it's completely on the fly, it's unprepared, it's unscripted, and you can just get to know someone in a completely different way. And um, and I learned, I love interviews. Like, I love just hearing, you know, now I, I when it started, I was, like, really into health and wellness and fitness, mm-hmm. so everything I listened to was about that. And then I was really into entrepreneurship and business, so everything I listened to was on that. And now, like, I listen to, um, you know, it could be something about spirituality one day, something about, like, you know, just listening to Lena Dunham getting interviewed by Alec Baldwin or, you know, just, Mm -hmm. like, different things that make you really well-rounded. You can pick up so many nuances of people in having a long-form conversation. So I just – I love that, and I'm glad we're having this conversation now about conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Our passions, yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And that's one of the things that I really wanted to do with the Brave Exchange was to uh, take away some of the um, specialness. And I, Katie, he talked about yeah. this. I listened recently to your interview with um, Gabby mm-hmm. Bernstein, but to take away some of the specialness that we have uh, associated with certain figures and people. So for me, I had the specialness thing around uh, um, Lisa Messenger. And I know a lot of my audience did as well. And then when she came on the show and we just, we just delved straight on into, okay, well, like, what are you struggling with at the moment? Like, let's bring it back to the fact that you are just a human who has gone through so many different struggles in your life and you're still going through those struggles. Yes. You're kicking goals and you're doing beautiful, amazing things in the world. I mean, we all are, and we're all on our own path, which is perfect. But, um, really it's just takes away that specialness because we can just see ourselves in their struggles and that's what I love about the the long form interviews because you have an opportunity to go into that stuff that people are not gonna willingly just always write about because it's 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 more vulnerable and 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 yeah and if they're asked to give a keynote or write an article or or put out their professional bio like it's not appropriate for them to talk about what they're struggling about so like this is the only platform that they have to do that and you're giving them the space so it's probably cathartic for them too and um you know yes i think that like how you related to lisa messenger was a lot of how I related and still to a degree relate to Gabby. But like I did that interview with her very early on and and now it's been, you know, years since then. And, Mm -hmm. you know, now like of course she's still special to me. Like of course she's still a mentor. But I also look at her 
I've taken her off the pedestal, you know? Like, yeah. I look at her more as a peer. I look at her more as, like, okay, she's just a person. She's, like, really groovy and awesome, but she's just a person, just like you and me and, like, Wayne Dyer and, like, you know, everyone. They're just people. And I think when you can just, like, humanize people and, like, sit down and have a conversation, it's it's awesome. And then I think, you know, there's something to be said for, like, being a fangirl, too, because... I don't think there's any shame in that also. Like, I'm mm-hmm. really big in, like, sharing that, like, I love people's work and I'm not going to, like, sit and pretend that, you know, it's no big deal. Like, I think it's a bal- it's a dance between, like, being a fan and then understanding that we're all special. We all have the same gifts. We're all peers. Like, we literally are all made from the same materials and just really humbly having conversations with people from this authentic place of equality. Mm. Amen. Yeah. I love, I love that. And I just could echo everything that you just said. Yeah. I believe in, in the power of that wholeheartedly. And just to touch on the, the thing you said about, um, you know, it's cathartic for the person you're interviewing to, to just kind of let their stuff out. That's so true. I heard someone say recently, a good interview is like a good therapy session. Yeah. And that's so true. So <laughs> So true. true. Speaking of, I'm talking way too much on this interview, and I want to, like, hear more from you. But it's kind of funny that I'm saying that because (laughs) this is hilarious because I was going to ask you about this, actually. Like, I love when you interject and um, feel comfortable and, like, talk about yourself in the interview when it's relevant and when it's time. Not, you know, obviously you do it in such a mindful way that it's always appropriate and you're not, you know, taking the spotlight from the guests. Like I've probably done this whole interview, but like, you know, you're really connecting. And I love that because throughout, and I think people listening to my podcast relate to this because they've told me actually before that like you get to know if you listen to a podcast weekly or monthly or whenever they come out, um, you get to know piece by piece a little bit more about your host based on who they choose to be the guest, the questions they ask, and then also, you know, what they interject in between. How do you mm. find that balance of like when to interject your story and how do you kind of like format your questions and how, like, what is, I would love to know your process of like mm. choosing your guests, curating the content, knowing what you want to ask those guests. Could you take us into that a little? Sure. Yeah, I'd be very happy to. So I think it's a great question because when I uh, began with the podcast, I I spoke to a couple of people. I spoke to people who had their own podcasts and I was told a myriad of different things to do, to do, not to do, to do, not to do, as you're always told, right? Um, So one person in particular told me, oh, you need to definitely script all all of your questions, like you need to have, it'd be great to do, um, have you heard of, you know, John Lee Dumas who does yeah. Entrepreneur on Fire? Yeah. So you know how it's uh, it's the same format every single interview and he asks the same questions. And so that's actually what I was going to do for the Brave Exchange in the beginning. I was going to have the standard question format and just go through them with all of my different guests. But I think you, <laughs> when you start doing something that you just know, even though you think I don't maybe have the skills to just interview on the fly and can I trust myself enough to, uh, to be the curator for this story in a, in a very natural and organic way. Cause that's how my interviews flow. And I know that's how your interviews tend to flow as well. I had a bit of uh, struggle trusting that I could actually do that in the beginning, but it's really comes down to being present 
in the moment. And I think you touched on a beautiful point, which is that when you have a really strong understanding of that person and you've been in their story for a little while doing your research, then you've got that information. I think for me personally, it's important that I have that that grounding and understanding, but then I put that to the side when I'm in my interview space because it's very important to be present. And I remind myself of this before I get on a call, before I'm interviewing someone, it's like, okay, you've you've got an idea of where you think the interview is going to go, but where the interview evolves to is where it actually needs to go to. So I try and pick up on what people say and people often um, say things in a way that they imply that one small little thing is really important to them in their journey. So I try and look out for the things that um, repetitive themes that they touch on when they're talking to me in their story or something that they'll say with a bit of an, uh, like a tone to it, like it's really important, formative part of their story. And then I'll kind of note that down and go back and be like, let's dig into this area that you, yeah. you brought up. What does that mean to you? And I think that's – it's something – that you you develop that skill over time because listening, the ability to listen to someone and and not interject with your own story and your own projection of their experience is is something that you develop. It's it's kind of an art form that I've become super interested in. Um, really, really interested in this art of interviewing. And now I have so much more respect for uh, the great interviewers that you see, like on the TV and on the radio because you're like, gosh, when someone's telling you a story that is wholesome and real and risky, then you're like, that is because the interviewer has created the space and asked a really skillful question. So now I listen to interviews going, wow, if this is a great interview, that interviewer rocks, um, and which is the what, what I get when I listen to your interviews, Katie, too. So that's awesome. So, yes, I think I, I have a, a routine of really understanding my guest. And I do that for, depending on who they are, a couple of hours maybe, but some people I just know really well. So I don't need to spend that formalized time getting to know them, but I'll do that for a little while. And I'll think about kind of questions that just naturally come up for me. I'll jot those down. uh, And then I try and put that to the side and be in the moment when I'm interviewing. And in terms of the balance of how much of myself I share versus how much of I want to hear of them, that is just a moment to moment thing. I try and as much as possible, just relate to what they're saying, not in a contrived way, but just a, yeah, I I get that. And like when that happened to me in my life in this point, and then I think it just helps the conversation to be two-sided because that's important too. The two-sided conversation is what makes um, an interview compelling and interesting. I, I believe anyway. Yeah, and I think for sure for the audience and then also I think for the interviewee, the person in the hot seat, it makes them feel more comfortable. You know, it's not like exactly. a documentary style where it's like, how do you feel about that? And then no reaction. How do you feel about yeah. that? No reaction, yeah. you know? Yes. Um, I think as being someone like I'm not interviewed often, but like when I am, like I definitely love when someone's like, yes, you're a good point, or, like, I can relate. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just – then I want to say more, you know? And um, I think that's a, that's a good skill to have. I, I find that, like, for me, I've learned more about interviewing from just listening to interviews than anything else. Like, mm-hmm. I – like we were saying, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of summits, like, and I learn from those people. Um, you know, I studied journalism in school, but – 
I and I always love doing interviews. Like I would, you know, when we were ha- having to cover local news, like I would do my friends' homework for them. Like I would call the fire station and just like ask them what I'm curious about. And yeah, um, yeah. And I think that like when I have this kind of like dream list of people I want to interview in my mind, I'll have like what would I if I was sitting down and just like having a coffee with this person what would I ask them? And it's like, and for me, like that was my motivation in starting the podcast was just like people I wanted to talk to. And this gave me an excuse, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. So and what I love about, sorry to interject, no, but um, what I love about your podcast in particular, this is something that I've learned along the way is you've got lots of different people at different levels of, mm-hmm. uh, of their journey. You know, you've got the Gabbies and then you've got people who are just kind of starting out. But what you can understand when you start to interview people is some of the best interviews I've done are with people who perhaps not everyone knows about. Yeah, You know, the totally. person that you think is going to be just so good and blow it out of the water, yeah. sometimes they actually, you know, their interview is just okay or whatever. But someone who's on the rise, like you said, sometimes they come out with just the most the most interesting stuff to say and the stories to tell. So you, you develop this uh, ability to not prejudice your selection of guests based on who's, you know, really crushing it in this industry. But um, you develop a bit of an eye for their story and, and, and what they could be, their sort of potential mm-hmm. um, rather than what they are at the moment. And I think it's a skill to be able to bring that out in, in an interview and just allow them to have their space to, to tell their story. So yeah. yeah, and I think that's where like us being curators comes in, you know? Like mm-hmm. it's our job to it's our responsibility to like find that like niche blogger that's like actually really cool that we want to give a platform to, you know, and that might like really help and um and also just be amazing conversation. And so I yeah. think yeah, I think that that's awesome. So let's kind of like tie this all in a pretty bow for people. So We've given a lot of advice about like once you have a podcast and interviewing, Uh but what would you say um, advice to someone who's thinking about wanting to start a podcast, maybe has trouble overcoming the fear and resistance about finding their voice? Um, What are Mm -hmm. some of your top tips for helping people find their voice and tie into that if you can? I know this is a lot, but... um, Mm starting a podcast if that is something that people would want to do sure yeah yeah great question I um so I think just to start with the podcast thing in the beginning it might be helpful just to share that I was petrified absolutely absolutely terrified to to share my voice um in a very literal sense, you know, like your voice. I think often people have a fear of the sound of their own voice and just getting over that is sometimes a huge, a huge deal for people. So, and it was absolutely the case for me. I didn't feel ready necessarily or confident when I started my podcast. I just did it. And I, I've heard you talk about that too, Katie. You just kind of, you just did it because yeah. confidence I've learned in my life, uh, confidence is never like a precondition. It's always a consequence of doing something before you're ready. So I would suggest to people that if you've got that calling in you, that's like niggling, you know, start that podcast, start that podcast. And then of course, you've probably got the other voice that's saying, yeah, but like, you're not that articulate and, you know, it's already been done and there are so many podcasts out there already. And what would I say? What's my voice? What's my, my beautifully honed and successful? succinct message. 
Don't worry about that stuff. Like it will evolve through this meandering process of just sharing your story and and practicing. And the more you practice, the more you talk, the more you interview, your natural style starts to emerge. So I would suggest to people that don't worry about having everything together, having all your stuff together before you start. Just start and treat it as this beautiful, playful, experimentative that's a word, experimenting mm-hmm. process um, <clears throat> of doing that. So I think that for the podcast, that's that's really important. And you will bring something unique to your podcast that nobody else brings because it's you. Like all you have is is your voice and, and, and your unique take on things, which will emerge over time. So yes, yeah, start before you're ready, I think is... Um, perhaps a good piece of advice. Just just go out there and take the first step to, to making it happen. Uh, so that's sort of on the podcast side of things. And, and then you asked about finding your voice, which of course ties into that closely. But that's one of the things that I have struggled with um, in my own life to find this, this kind of elusive thing that we call voice. And I think it's about really determining what is it that I want to express and then finding a medium or a style in which you're going to express it. And it's a process I've found to be one of, you know, self-discovery and really tuning in and paying attention to your own inner inclinations and desires and thoughts that you might previously have just like been like, uh, that's stupid. Like, I can't believe I would think that I could do that. Or, you know, it's been done or the, all the different doubts that come up around the things that you feel intuitively inclined towards. Um, there's always a doubt that comes up around that. So tuning in and then trying to work out what is the fear voice around this? What is like my mean girl telling me my ego telling me but then what's like what's more true what do i really feel compelled to share and say and i think a great question to ask yourself um when it comes to that is what would what would i stand for if i knew that nobody would judge me mm. what would i say if i knew that nobody would judge me for it because oftentimes the fear of what other people will think if we fail or if we succeed or if we say something that might you know, that perhaps we haven't said before, but at the moment it feels really true to us. Uh, It just, asking that question just strips back the fear and allows you to see truthfully what it is that uh, you feel uh, about, you want to express versus what am I, how am I inhibiting myself based on what I think other people will judge me for? So that's a a really good question to ask. yeah, and, and that's something that I've certainly had to overcome in my own life. Perhaps I'll just tell like a, a little story here that, that yeah, ties sort please, of into the, into the development of my voice. So I think I've done like, because of the self-exploration um, stuff, when I was growing up, I, I was the oldest of six kids. So there were six of us oh, no under way. the age of eight. Yeah, yeah. My so, mom is one of six. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the second to youngest, though. Ah, yep, uh uh-huh. And so I can kind of trace this need for external approval all the way back to my childhood, and and that's what I mean about, you know, fear of what other people are going to think when we're um, trying to to find our voice is one of the things that inhibits us. So I, from a very young age, um, being the eldest, 
there was we were all spectacularly unique all of us kids and there were it's just like so much going on and there was fighting and it was really fun but it was kind of a mess and if someone didn't take on the role of um sort of like neutralizing that charge in the family unit and trying to bring everyone together into this like harmonious unit then we would have just imploded on ourselves so i took the the role of like being that harmonizer so i would if people were fighting i would go and um, try and be like the mediator between that argument. Anyway, there's nothing wrong at all with being like this diplomatic figure. And I just naturally took on that role. But what I learned really early on, and it was like a reward system that I internalized, um, which was that if you can just keep everyone else happy, then you will receive love and praise and approval. So it was just like this micro seed that was planted there that became bigger and bigger and bigger. If I just keep other people happy and if I just say what I think they want to hear um, to, to make them feel, feel good about themselves, then even if it's the expense of what you really feel and what you really want to say, then that's good. That, that's perfect. That's what you need to do. And so then I spent like my 20s trying to uh, unravel that, that disempowering belief system that if I just keep everyone else happy, then I will be okay. And I will be, I will be loved and I will be approved of. And then I had this um, huge attachment to external approval because of that. And so in developing your voice, whilst my story is unique, I think that everyone to some extent has, uh, you know, at some point they've picked up that getting external approval is a really good thing. And so then we're really attached to that and that inhibits the expression of what we really want to say, whether it's going to upset someone or be a little bit confronting or ruffle some feathers. Um, I think it's very important to just distinguish what's my old stuff a fear of um, upsetting someone versus like, what do I really need to say? Because you're going to upset someone or push someone's buttons, regardless of whether you are being in your true power and being authentically you and expressing yourself, or if you're not, you know, people are going to judge you anyway. So that I think is, is a really helpful thing to keep in mind when, when, when developing your voice and, and finding your unique, wonderful voice. That's really, really great advice. And I think while your story is unique to you in a lot of ways, I echo that and I'm an only child. And I think just regardless, um, people, we all want external approval. You know, we Mm -hmm. all want to be um, loved and accepted. I think at the end of the day, we all want to feel good enough. I think that's what all of this comes down to. All of anybody struggles with anything comes Mm -hmm. down to not feeling good enough. And, um, it's really sad, but I think it's it's also like our, our journey and our path to like figure out how to feel good enough and then mm-hmm. share that and keep mm-hmm. doing it and doing it and doing it. And um, at the end of the day, the way to feel good enough is through yourself, not through anyone else. You know, it would almost be easier if it could be a different way, but it's not. It's about not finding that external validation and somehow pulling it out of somewhere and finding it within you. So... Um, your story is like such a beautiful journey to that. And I hope that we inspire people to start some more podcasts and let us know. We can't wait to listen. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I can't recommend starting a podcast enough to people. I think, yeah. And it's, it'll be good to, 
Yeah, because I'm about to interview you as well. So we'll just share on our different platforms and our different podcasts our own experience with with starting because, you know, we went through a ton of fear and challenges and resistance as well. So don't think that if you're facing that at the moment, then it's a sign that you're not ready or, or not to do it. It's It's a sign that you should do it. That's, I'm all about like recoding the fear and um, the relationship with fear. And the stronger the fear, the more resistance there is, the, the stronger the, the pull and, and to actually go in that direction. It's like, you know, Stephen Pressfield talks about the resistance and fear being like a compass for what you, you most need to do. And for the most important thing for your own growth and, and evolution is often the thing that you feel the most fear and resistance towards. So use that and go forth. If it's a little seed inside you at the moment, or if you're, um, you know, you're in the process of getting all the tech stuff happening, just, just keep going. Know that you're, you're so not alone and yeah, feel free to email me if you want to want to talk about your, you know, the process of getting a podcast up and running. I'm more than happy to, to help people with what I've done um, you know, with the things that I've learned along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And likewise, me too. We should like make a course or something. We should chat offline. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> it's I like think a it's cool something idea. Is, definitely. Um, but, but yeah, that's all great advice. And this is, this is so cool to talk on a podcast about a podcast. This is like <laughs> way cool. Um, I know. But I want to, talk a bit this goes by so fast isn't it crazy how fast i know the time goes? They, do. they um do. but i really want to hear more about you about the beautiful lucy behind the podcast and i'm kind of going to ask you a question that you ask people which is so telling and so eye-opening and honestly like i think that's why it's called the brave exchange because of this question which is mm-hmm. you know what are you facing right now that is tough and i ask a version of that and you know I'll, I'll turn this on you and say that like what are you doing right now that you're afraid of but you're challenging yourself with and you're doing anyways Hmm. great question <laughs> um okay so the question is what am i what am i doing at the moment challenging myself with that i'm um, that I'm, I'm fearful of at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, look, I think it's, it's a couple of things. One, because the, this, this whole journey of, um, of really coming into your own in a sense and embracing your voice and your truth is something it is an evolutionary process that I'm that I'm under you know that I'm discovering it to be. It's not something that you're like, okay, cool. I've I've found how to be me authentically, and uh, and now it's done. Like the work is done, which is kind of what I I subconsciously thought. It was like I'll just find me, and then it'll be just effortless to express me all the time. But I'm I'm noticing that that is. <laughs> absolutely surprisingly not the case so at the moment it's been showing up in because I'm a yoga teacher it's been sort of showing up in in my yoga classes for about the last couple of months where I felt that I actually wasn't being I wasn't being me in my classes and being a yoga teacher is this really interesting process and Katie you can probably relate to this too but your energy is reflected back to you in 
real time, like instantaneously via your participants. So if there's something funky going on with, with your energy and if the things that you're saying to the group are not in alignment and they're not fully congruent with what's true for you, then it's reflected back in, in the participants energy and how they're showing up on the mat. That is something that I've been like, whoa, this is just the most powerful feedback for me being in the yoga, in, in the yoga class. So, so what was happening was that I wasn't, I was kind of getting a little bit of pushback. Um, and I, you know, I only really told this to a couple of really close friends, but I think in it's, it's important to, to share the struggles that we go through with, with other people too. So I wasn't feeling like myself and I felt like I just lost my voice in the, in the yoga space. So I've kind of been on this journey really recently of dropping the, just the, the things that you normally say in a yoga class or that you hear other teachers say, um, and dropping the idea of what you should do in a yoga class and what you think your students want to hear and what they want to do and just dropping that and being being and doing and saying what is right for you in that moment. I got to a stage where I'd almost like script what I was going to say, like the, the meditation in the beginning. And then I'd script like what I was going to say when we were in child's pose halfway through and it just wasn't landing. And so I'm grateful for that, that I went through this kind of like crisis with my voice because now I'm challenging myself to be in my fullest um, presence, like be really present in the class and just say and do and be what comes to me in the moment. And uh, the kind of the feedback that I've been getting in my classes has been quite astounding. I've, I've been really had a, a huge breakthrough with my teaching um, just purely from, from challenging myself to be me and to be seen as me in the moment. And, and a, there's a lot of risk that, that comes with fully being yourself in the moment. Are people going to reject me? Are they going to like it or whatever? But um, yeah, that's something that I'm really challenging myself to do on my yoga mat as a teacher and also in different areas of my life as well. Say what I think and what I feel compelled to say in the moment rather than what I think other people want to say. So that's an evolutionary practice for me and it's, it's never going to end. I don't think so. yeah, Yeah. It's a beautiful process. And I don't think it'll end either. I think it's just part of the journey, but that's so interesting that you bring that up because you know, I think what you're really saying is being present and real in all areas of your life. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of us can relate to that. Like we put on different hats for different people. Like you have, you know, the hat that you wear, the mask, that's a better analogy, that you wear on your podcast and you're really mm-hmm. open and beautiful. And then you have a, you put a different mask on when you go to the yoga studio and then when you're with your family and then when you're with your boyfriend and then, you know, all these different places. And I've definitely noticed that too. And, and just, you know, as a yoga teacher, like I have to just tell you this because I relate to that so much. Like mm-hmm. when I first started teaching yoga, I was in like my hometown where I had practiced yoga forever and I learned from my teacher there. And, um, you know, it was kind of like the joke of like, oh, you're like a mini Jen. Like you teach just like her. You had, <laughs> had like all of her one liners. Like I just like, you know, and I thought that was the biggest compliment and that was fine. And like I was teaching a lot at that time. It was after college and like I was exclusively teaching yoga. And, um, you know, I was just like – I would use all the same lines all the time, all the time, all the Mm. time. And um, 
And then I moved here, and now, you know, I do so much. I only te- I teach one day a week, and it's just, you know, to keep it going Sunday mornings. It's like Wellness Wonderland Church. Come if you're listening and you're close by. But um, but I walk in there, and it's like the Katie show now. And mm. it's basically a time for me to, like, um, you know, get on my soapbox and be myself and talk about, you know, the stuff that I'm into and, like, say the quotes that are inspiring me and, like, do the like weird postures like sometimes we'll be dancing and moving and like just doing whatever because and and I'll blend you know kundalini and vinyasa and like all sorts of breathing techniques and it's I become so much more authentic but like if I were to go back to my old studio it's something that like I would have to check myself with and be like am I just going to revert to like my old ways and I find myself struggling with that exact same thing like sometimes I'll just start to use those same one-liners that I like know or like teach that same flow that like I've done a billion times or whatever because I'm scared or I I wonder mm-hmm. if you can relate to this like sometimes I'll have a person in my class who like I know mm-hmm. or um you know whatever and every time I teach something I'm like what do they think of that what they think of that yeah. and I'm like teaching yep. the class for that one person mm-hmm. and um I really mm-hmm. have to check myself now or if it's like a new person I'm like I hope they come back I'm like you know I gotta pull do all the good stuff today or you know and it's like with being yes. a yoga teacher it's like I think you really have to come in there with presence mm-hmm. and just you know that's why I think you know some teachers say to plan classes like my teacher didn't tell us to do that and I can't do that because mm-hmm. and I don't you know say what you will but I I think that like just going in there and being so in the moment with like what people need in that exact moment and reading the room is so crucial yeah. and they'll have a better experience and then you'll have a better experience mm-hmm. because you you're going to have more fun if you're doing a good job and if you're like yourself because if you're not being yourself there then you're gonna feel gross (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely I I completely agree with that and particularly about the one person that you end up teaching to that one person you've done that too why do we do that I know I know like when you have a teacher in your class yep uh and you just oh something tightens up yeah every time I'm like what do they think of that you know I'm literally like looking over Yeah, Yeah. no, definitely. And the other thing is that it's a beautiful practice and challenging. I say beautiful, but really challenging uh, and telling practice of non-attachment and just being detached and really, really learning to be detached from what you think other people are thinking about you. Because in a class, because now I have a whole new respect for yoga teachers too, being one myself, is that you'll get people who will give you the look. They'll give you like this look this kind of greasy look or like, no, hell no, I'm not doing that. Or who do you think you are? Whatever. But essentially you're mind reading. And that's what I yeah. learned that I was doing. They're not necessarily thinking badly about you. They might have something in their day that's gone really bad. They might be dealing with a breakup. They might have, their mum might be really sick. Like you don't know what they come into the room with. And our ego really likes to personalize everything. And that was something, and it is something that I'm practicing as a teacher is to not, um, not associate their, you know, their body language and the different looks that they might give me and the different vibe that they might send off, not associate that with something that I've done wrong or a personal opinion that they have about me. So that's, it's a real practice 
in, in being able to do that and not let that affect your energy as well. Because early on when I was teaching, I would get a student like that, you know, quote unquote, difficult student. And, and my whole class would just like slide down the gurgler from there because I would be so attached to, oh my God, they don't think I'm a good teacher and blah, blah, blah. Um, so just learning to, to hold my own in those moments and send love to those particularly difficult students. I do that. Like I actually think I'm sending you love in this moment. And for some, that always helps to, to dissipate any tension that might be, might be in the space and in the room. So that's another thing I think with teaching. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it's like, we can kind of tie this all back into what we were saying at the beginning, like coming, the energy that you bring to the interview sets the tone for the energy of the Mm -hmm. interview. And the energy that you bring to the yoga room is this energy that sets the tone, you know, as the teacher, as the leader, as the guide. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, something I learned from my teacher, like back in the day was, you know, if you're having like, a shitty day don't walk into the room like sunshine and butterflies child's pose you know like you know just be you know and you don't also have to be like well this is gonna suck you know like also Mm -hmm. you know there's a certain level of professionalism and like these people are paying to like leave feeling better but I think you know meeting people where you're at and you know if you teach more often like I teach once a week so it's kind of my obligation to like you know it's one time a week I can like I'm excited for it I show up for it but um you know for for people who are teaching like every day or like and I and I used to do that um you know there's obviously going to be classes where you're not as jazzed or you're not as Mm -hmm. energized and I think you know instead of faking it you just need to be with where you're at because yeah. people can always tell. And that's something that, that I've learned that's been helpful. And, you know, you, you can't be everything to everybody, so you just have to be yourself. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then, of course, it, that transfers to everything that you do, huh? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whether you're teaching you Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm, this has been such a juicy, amazing conversation. I know. I love I'm it. I'm so excited that like we don't actually have to hang up. I get to talk to you more after this. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, so I guess we're going to have to wrap up with some quick fire questions. Are mm. you ready for them? Sure am. So tell us um, how your morning looks and what are maybe the first few things you do when you wake up in the morning and how that affects the rest of your day. Mm, sure. So I teach a lot of yoga really early in the morning. So often uh, times it's jumping out of bed at 5am and I do I try and do oil pulling as much as I possibly can, which for the people who don't know, they probably they probably are familiar with it. Katie I have a can video spring. about it. We can put a yeah. video. Well, there you go. Awesome. But yes, I've, I've started putting a huge big tablespoon of coconut oil in my mouth and swishing it around for about 10, 15 minutes, which is a, a really powerful way to kind of excavate the toxins in your body. And um, it's something that I've been doing and now have kind of ritualized. So every time I get up, I do that. And it's helping to whiten my teeth too, which is which is a cool little payoff for that. So I do my oil pulling. Um, and, you know, it's sometimes I, I try and do a meditation most mornings, but to be honest with you, it's not always before my yoga class. Sometimes I fit it a five minute, I just sit and breathe for five minutes after my yoga class is a nice way to kind of pull your energy back in after, after teaching. And on the mornings that I don't have to get up and teach yoga, I do try and make it a little bit more of a sacred routine for me 
because the the teaching it's a very giving industry and you can sometimes give a little bit more of your energy and self out to others and you need to be be particularly mindful about filling up your own energy and taking care of yourself which of course is the things that you're practicing and preaching to other people to do so i try and be mindful to take that time when i'm not teaching in the morning to do something really nice for me whether that's meditating whether that's walking because it's just getting into winter over here in melbourne i love walking in the morning when it's just crisp and you've got that um coldness on your face and rosy red nose i love that feeling to wake up to in the morning so yeah i walk i meditate i do my oil pulling and it jumps around like some days i sleep in and that's fine i'm i'm also uh really committed to this whole practice of being able to forgive yourself when you when you don't get up and do the quote-unquote perfect morning routine like that's something that I've really um, been trying to practice more of cool I didn't do it today maybe I just needed to sleep in and and not do it so just trusting that I do as much as I can of what I need to do in in the moment with the energy that I have available at that point in time for sure. Yeah. All about that self-compassion. I definitely went through a phase of that. Like I would ask this question to, to everyone and I had uh, suddenly like a list down to like the floor of all of these routines I needed to do that like would take me to like 4 p.m. of Like oil pull, <laughs> scrape the tongue, journal, meditate. Yeah. So, um, you know, use it as a buffet and take what you will. And then, you know, yes. it's it's all about, you know making yourself feel good that's the whole point you know yeah, and, and for just, your yoga class you can't give what you don't have yeah yeah and and just be okay with if if this amazing habit of yours falls off the you fall off the bandwagon with it that's okay like that is so okay we try and work in absolutes and be like i'm going to do that every single morning for the rest of my life that felt so good and then when it doesn't happen we kind of beat up on ourselves uh which i've absolutely done myself so exactly like you say have that compassion and just 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 know that certain habits are going to come in when you need them and then they're going to fall out and then something else will come in and yeah it's just being able to be a little bit less controlling about it and allow it to be a little more sometimes messy it's nice to have routine but just allow yourself the grace to be a little bit um maybe random and unorganized and about this whole morning routine just loosen up a bit which is what I'm trying to do so good I love that so what about the evenings what are some of the last things you do before bed and how do you wind down and relax at the end of the day Mm, yeah I I, I love to have um, a bath with Epsom salts, like magnesium. That is one of my favorite things to do, have a really hot bath. Uh, with, and that's just a really nice way to wind down, particularly because it's freezing here at the moment in Melbourne. So I do that. And I often, I do teach quite often in the evenings too. Um, so after that, like last night, I was just so pumped and energized after my class that it takes me... Uh, a while to kind of come down from that. So I often just lie down and put my legs up the wall. And that's a beautiful way to soothe your nervous system and to just really drop back into, you know, parasympathetic nervous system, calms the mind and gets you ready for sleep. So that's something I've been doing quite a bit of lately, whether it's just lying in my bed and then just um, throwing my legs up the wall. It's it's really nice. I do that for about five or 10 minutes uh, or you just do it on the ground um, with your legs up the wall. 
So that's really good. And yeah, so the bath and the legs up the wall, my main, my two main things. Sometimes I, I do a guided meditation. If I just feel like a deep sleep guided meditation, I use the app Meditation Oasis. And she has a beautiful, soothing voice that just puts you right to sleep. So for the nights that I'm struggling to uh, come down and quieten my mind, I, I do a, a nice, short, guided meditation um, with 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 that lady. So yeah, they're kind of the three things, my go-to things in the evening that really help me to just have a really good night's sleep. I love all of those, and they're all things that I do. I just want to. We should just like hang out and have a sleepover. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> So when you're out or um, you're having like a bad day, you're kind of like out of the flow, what Mm -hmm. are some ways that you come back and like get yourself inspired again? How do you pivot? How do you climb back? Mm. Yeah, I think this is, it's interesting to hear about how everyone does this differently because inevitably we all have those days where it's just like, it's just not, I'm not jiving. It's just not happening. Um, And yeah, they happen to me quite a lot. They don't happen for as long now, probably because I do have that sort of level of self-awareness. It's like, oh, you're spiraling rather than perpetuating this by just going and eating like a block of chocolate or, um, you know, doing something that's not going to serve you trying to pattern interrupt as much as you can. And I'm human, so I don't always do these things. But as much as I can, I try and now be on my own team and try and be a companion, a helpful companion to myself when I'm feeling lousy rather than be like beating up on myself and and self-sabotaging, whether that's eating or just like binge watching TV or whatever. And those things that they have a place too. But so what I what I do is... I'm really into doing chakra meditations at the moment. So um, there's a lady called Belinda Davidson and she, uh, it's a school of the modern mystics and she's, she's awesome. I really love her. I'm just kind of getting into her work at the moment and she has some really nice guided chakra meditations. So going through the different energy centers in your body um, and she talks about how if anything's out of balance in your life, the often, often the root stem cause of that problem is because somewhere in you there's, there's an imbalance in your energy in one of the the kind of chakra points, the energy centers. So I, I like that idea. And I've been doing these balancing meditations that really help. And they're also an excuse to just go and lie down in bed and have someone like look after you and soothe you. It's not so much effort on your part. So I've been doing those. Um, and also Yoga Glow, they have some really good chakra meditations, yogaglow.com for anyone who's interested. Other thing I do is I go for a walk and I listen to podcasts because when you're listening to a great conversation and an inspiring person talking about, you know, their own fears and resistances and how they've overcome them, suddenly you're not alone and that instantly revs up my energy. So I, I do that. I have different podcasts that I like to listen to, yours being one of them um, and then there's a whole host of others. That, that really help as well. So yeah, walking, podcasting, and then doing these guided meditations is something that I, they're just like my fallback, never fail systems to try to get me out of a funk. Your tool belt. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. You're welcome. So, okay. Now I've got a couple quicker ones. So favorite mm-hmm. color. Blue. Favorite day of the week. Friday. Favorite hour of the day. Mm, like 8 p.m. 
Favorite vegetable? Brussels sprout. Favorite fruit? <laughs> uh, cherries. Favorite meal you've eaten recently? Great question. Last night was pretty good. I went to a comedy gig with my girlfriend and we just had uh, uh, pulled pork and pork belly and soft shell crab and sort of lots of naughty stuff, but it was so good. Oh, fun. That's amazing. (laughs) I love that. Um, When do you hear intuition the most usually? Yeah, when I'm running, when I'm exercising and running outside. Amazing. What superhero power would you have for a day if you could have one? Just for a day, I would love yeah. to be able to read people's minds. That's amazing. Just just for a day. Not not any longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> um favorite this is going to be hard. Favorite you don't have to answer, but favorite <laughs> podcast of like the ones that you've done, the ones that you uh. of all the people you've interviewed. Yeah, great question. I think um, with Denise Duffield Thomas. Oh, that so one I is think, so good. Yeah, I really I love Denise. I, I I've listened to that. I don't listen to many of my own podcasts back, but I have listened to that one just because I wanted to re-listen to all the stuff that she said. And I think it's called um, the title is like Actional Passive Income plus money mindset mastery with Denise Duffield Thomas. It's a mouthful. <laughs> but it's, um it's funny that you said that one, Lucy, because that was the first one I listened to of yours. And mm-hmm. um and you guys talked in there about how like you need to be interviewed on other people's podcasts and then I yeah. emailed you and I was like, Yeah, <laughs> you should be interviewed online. Oh, uh, that's so awesome. Perfect timing. Yeah, that's really yeah. funny. Um okay, favorite movie? Oh gosh. Great. I really should have looked, <laughs> thought about this now. Um, oh, you know what? I have to say Dumb and Dumber. The it's original. so funny. <laughs> yeah. You're not the first person who said that, actually. I don't remember really? who it was, but yeah, at least like one or two people have said that. Yeah, I think I know every single line in that movie. It's so funny. Me, me and my best friend, yeah. Favorite book? Um... Okay, I've got a few, but if I had to pull it down, I'd probably say The War of Art mm. by Stephen Pressfield. So good. So mm-hmm. good. Favorite song? Oh my gosh. Favorite song. I'm going to have to pass and you come back, back to that. You can get back to me. Yeah, get back to me. <laughs> um, okay, so as you know, the name of this blog and the name of my podcast is a well, The Wellness Wonderland. Mm-hmm. So when I offer that term to you to live in a wellness wonderland, Lucy, what does that mean? What comes up for you? Mm. I think uh, for me, the idea of living in a wellness wonderland in it's living in your wellness wonderland. So we've talked a little bit about on the call today that it's and where I feel really connected to help bring out in other people is, is finding what is right for you. And that is something that I have stumbled and, um, 
and kind of been challenged with the idea of trying to copy what everyone else is doing and look at how that person over there has everything perfectly together and she's got the perfect skin and she's got the perfect body and she just seems to meditate all the time and she's totally calm and I just want to be like her. So I'm going to go and, and, and mirror everything that she's doing. And I've done that. Like, let me confess right here. I've certainly done that. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. So it's, for me, I think to live in your wellness wonderland is to find what makes you happy. Like maybe your wellness wonderland is eating, going out and eating burgers one night a week. Maybe it is enjoying the red wine that you previously um, restricted yourself from having. Maybe it's going to a comedy gig. Maybe it's going and doing something where you just totally let your hair down and and let go of the, the self-imposed restrictions that sometimes wellness, the idea of wellness can impose upon us. This idea that we have to restrict ourselves from, from, from having fun in some way. At least that's what I did for a little while. So it's really just about having compassion with yourself and doing the things that you love and that bring you alive, regardless of whether they're quote unquote, the perfect prescription for the perfect wellness you know, the perfect wellness life. So yeah, I think that's the most important thing just to find the things that you love and just to do with them and then have the grace and the flexibility to know that those things will change moment to moment. Word preach. That was epic and beautiful. And I completely agree. We want a formula. We want to just be like, all right, this person's life is great. I'll just do whatever they're doing. Uh But it doesn't work that way. And I think for you and I, it's been such a gift for me to host this podcast because I think when I started, I was like, all right, I'll get this person I really respect to come on the podcast. I'll ask them everything I'm curious about and I'll just do what they do. And Mm -hmm. you'll notice that, you know, the questions I asked in the first several episodes were all about that. And then after interviewing so many different people I've interviewed over 100 people and everybody's answer is completely different to that question and that's what's so beautiful that it is just like you said we're all so unique and everybody's answer should be different so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that and everything else you shared this has been honestly one of my favorite conversations I've ever had in the podcast Oh, thank you so much. I've had an absolute ball. Thank you for having me. And it's just a privilege to get to connect with your, you know, your awesome community here. I respect what you guys, what you do and what you and your community are all about. So yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for having me. It's been so much fun. Right back at you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end. I'll be back next week, but until then, let's stay inspired and keep this conversation going. So tweet at me at Katie Dalebout and our guest with your aha moments from this conversation and like the Wellness Wonderland on Facebook so we can all hang out there and discuss how inspired we are and how we'll apply it in our daily lives. And never miss another episode or post from me by signing up for email updates on thewellnesswonderland.com. See you back in Wonderland.